بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أرسل الله تعالى بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا داعيا إلى الله بإذنه وسراجا مدلا فما بعد فقال تعالى يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون وقال يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يتيع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوضا عظيما وقال نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم إن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بداع وكل بداعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار مالي رسبك للدرس برادر سيسترز We are on the series of Khutab on the rights of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. As I mentioned before, reminding myself and you that the issue about rights is that rights must be fulfilled. And if rights are not fulfilled, then they, the person not fulfilling them will be answerable to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This applies to all rights. to everybody, then what must one say about the rights of the most important of them, the best of them, the dunya wal akhira, Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam. Today we talk about inshallah his right that he should be helped, to help him in every way. Nusrat of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. How do we help him today? By helping his deen and helping his message and helping his cause. Let me begin by asking you a question. And it's a question that I ask my corporate clients when I do my vision and values workshop. And that question is, why do you exist? Why do you exist? Which leads to another question. What would be lost to your constituents if you did not exist? What would be lost to your constituents if you did not exist? Why do you exist and what would be lost if you didn't exist? Interestingly, painful though it might be, this is a question the parents might like to ask themselves with respect to their children. Why do you exist? Apart from paying the bills, of course. Leave that aside. What will happen if you drop dead? I know it's painful, but it's worth asking this question. Colin and Porras, in their famous book called Built to Last, they call this the core purpose. And this is an element of one of the three elements of core ideology. So I ask you to ask yourself and ask myself, what is my core purpose? Why do I exist? What will happen if I vanish tomorrow? 
And what will happen in the sense of, I'll tell you, let me, let me give you another example. Imagine you go to a place. I'm going to describe for you an absolutely nightmarish experience. And that is that you go to a place and there is no phone coverage. <laughs> right? Can you imagine something worse than that? Right? Maybe Jahannam, but that's in the other world. In this world, no phone coverage, no Wi-Fi, no this, no that, nothing, nothing. No phone coverage at all. No, you can't send SMS, you can't make a call. Internet, no internet, nothing. How would you feel? Seriously ask yourself this question. Would you feel a loss? I know somebody might be, might be tempted to say, Oh, you know, I feel a sense of relief, Alhamdulillah. Don't lie to yourself. Do not lie to yourself. I have stayed in this masjid in Ithaca for 10 days. So I know exactly how much that Alhamdulillah is worth. Would you feel the difference? FOMO is real. Fear of missing out. And because we are all infected with FOMO, that's what keeps the cash registers of the gamers running 24-7. Faithful customers like us. Ask yourself, why would you miss phone coverage? Why? Very simple answer. Because it is beneficial. Yes? Yeah, it's got some nuisance value, this, that. Forget all that. It is beneficial. Is it not beneficial? I mean, if I want to contact somebody, I can do that straight away. I don't have to go look for a phone booth. I don't have to go find somebody. It's in my pocket. I contact somebody. I need some information. Right? Pizza hut near me. Masjid near me. Whatever. It's useful. It is the nature of the human being to miss something which is useful if it is lost. This is basic human nature. Which brings me to another question. Imagine that tomorrow morning the world wakes up and there is no Islam. Every sign of Islam has disappeared from the earth. No Muslims, no Masajid, no Adhan, no Madaris, no nothing. It is as if Islam never happened. What do you think? Our constituents. Who are our constituents? The non-Muslims. What do you think they will say or feel? Please note, I'm not saying one or the other. I'm not saying that they will be happy. I'm not saying that they will be sad. I'm asking you a straight open question. What do you think they will feel? If they wake up in the morning and there's no sign of Islam, nothing whatsoever. What will they feel? I suggest it might be quite a salutary experience, but I suggest that every one of us has non-Muslim friends. Ask them this question. Just go and ask them this question. I'll tell you what happened to me when I asked this question several years ago. People said to me, no, 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 no Muslim, you won't be there. No, 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 you know, we love you very much. I said, no, 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 forget that. I'm not talking personal relationship. There was then dead silence. I'm not saying whether they will miss me. I'm saying whether they will miss me as a Muslim. So, do ask. Please ask your non-Muslim friend this question. 
Tomorrow morning, if you wake up and there is no Islam, no sign of Islam whatsoever in any form or shape, would you miss it? What would you feel? I get my corporate clients to do this. I actually ask them this question. Why do you exist? What will happen if you don't exist? Then I say, go incognito, talk to your customers, talk to your suppliers, talk to your whoever. Ask them this question. Tomorrow, if there's no pizza hut, what will you feel? Is there, is there a sense of loss? How will they say, well, you know, pizza, big deal. I, I go to some, some other pizza, pizza shop. Tomorrow, there's no whatever shop, whatever business you have. Tomorrow, this doesn't exist. What will happen? What will happen? Nothing will happen. I'll go somewhere else. Or will they say, no, 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 no. hold on, hold on. No, somewhere else. I have to, I need this. That is why I remind myself and you that our true value is not what we think it is, but what our customers, our clients, our constituents feel they will lose if we are no longer there. That is the true measure of a value, whether it is of the human being, whether it is of the organization, or whether it is of Islam. What do you think? Or what will people say? Not even what do you think. What, do, what will people say that they miss? If you are no longer there, if Islam is no longer there, if the organization is no longer there. That's our differentiator. This is our differentiator. This is our leverage. Why do we need differentiators? Because differentiation creates brand. Brand inspires loyalty. Loyalty enables influence. Without brand, you are a grain of rice in a sack. You are still rice. But you are one grain in a sack. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described the purpose, our differentiator. And he said, Kuntum khaira ummatin ukhrijat lin nas ta'muruna bil ma'rufi wa tanhawna anil munkari wa tu'minuna billah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, which means, you, meaning the Muslims, are the best of people, not because you are Arab or you are Indian or Pakistani or American. You are the best of people. Because you were raised up and selected and brought up for the benefit of all of mankind. Why are you the best of people? Because you were raised for the benefit of all mankind. And what is this benefit? You enjoin that which is good and you forbid that which is evil and you have faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I remind myself and you, my brothers and sisters, we came to give, not to take. We came to give the world a beautiful way of life, full of compassion and the drive for excellence and a sense of accountability to the one from whom nothing is hidden. We came to give this, not by talking about it, but by living it and demonstrating it in our own lives. Our example is the life of Rasulullah wasallam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught Rasulullah wasallam how to introduce himself to the world. Allah said, Qul, say, هَذِهِ سَبِيلِي أَدْعُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ عَلَى بَصِيرَةٍ أَنَا وَمَنِ اتَّبْعَنِي وَسُبْحَانَ اللَّهِ وَمَا أَنَا مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ In Surah Yusuf, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Say to them, Ya Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, say to the world, This is my way, this is who I am, my introduction. What do you do? This is what I do. I invite towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with sure knowledge, with evidence. 
I do this and whoever follows me does it. And glorified and exalted is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I'm not among those who join partners with him. As an honor for his Nabi's ummah, he Jalla Jalaluhu Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the job of conveying the message of Islam to the rest of the world to us. This is the meaning of helping the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala declares in this ayat very clearly that our connection to Rasulullah is not by birth or ethnicity or gender or blood or race or tribe or family or nationality. It's a connection of faith and work. Those who wish to be connected to Rasulullah sallallahu must do his work. He was ordered to say, this is my job. I invite towards Allah. This is my way. I invite towards Allah. I and those who follow me. And like it was for the Nabi, السلام, this job is not a discretionary choice left to us. It is incumbent and compulsory on the one who accepts Allah as his Rabb, Muhammad وسلم, as the Nabi, the Messenger of Allah, and enters Islam. My brothers and sisters, and the reward of that is, insha'Allah, Jannatul Firdaus on the Day of Judgment. Rasulullah said, whoever calls to guidance will have a reward similar to that of those who follow it without the reward of either of them being lessened. In, so this is hadith in Sahih Muslim. In another hadith in Tirmidhi, Rasulullah warned us and he said, I swear by the one who has my life in his hand, it is incumbent upon you that you enjoin what is virtuous. And you forbid what is evil. Otherwise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send his punishment on you. And then you will pray to him and you will beg him for protection and help. But your prayer will not be accepted. Allahumma ansur man nasara deena Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. Wajalna Wajalna minhum. Allahumma khzul man khazala deena Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wala taja'alna ma'ahum. Oh Allah help those who helped the religion of Muhammad sallallahu and count us among them, make us among them. And O Allah, disgrace those who try to disgrace the religion of Muhammad sallallahu and do not make us among them. My brothers and sisters, I remind you and myself that it is therefore the right of Rasulullah that the people of his ummah must help him by helping his work. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, what is the result of that? Ya ayyuhal amanu in tansurullaha yansurkum wa yuthabbit aqdamakum. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, O oh, you who believe, if you help in the cause of Allah, Allah will help you and he will make your feet firm. Helping Rasulullah is one of the most important ways, if not the most important way, in which we are connected to him, sallallahu alayhi wa It is a connection which we need. It's a connection which is critical for our own salvation. So that it is, so therefore it is something which is essential for us to think about and make every effort. Allah and His Rasul do not need that. We need that. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in His usual majestic and, and uh, imperious way, He said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ مَعَانَا فَأَنزَلَ اللَّهُ سَكِينَتَهُ عَلَيْهِ وَأَيَّدَهُ بِجُنُودٍ لَمْ تَرَوْهَا 
وَجَعَلَ كَلِمَةَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا السُّفْلَةِ وَكَلِمَةُ اللَّهِ هِيَ الْعُلْيَةِ وَاللَّهُ عَزِيزٌ حَكِيمٌ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, if you don't help him, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it doesn't matter. Because Allah already helped him when the disbelievers drove them out. This is from Makkah. The second of two, when they, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu were in the cave, and he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said to his companion Abu Bakr, Do not be sad and do not be afraid. Surely Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with us. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent down his sakina, his tranquility upon him and strengthened him with forces which you didn't see. And he made the word of those who disbelieved the lowermost while it was the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which became the uppermost. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is almighty, all wise. أقول قولي هذا استغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروا إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فما بعد فقال تعالى إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد وعلى خلفاء الراشدين بابكر وعمر وعثمان وعلي رضي الله عنهم أجمعين my brothers and sisters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned to us that it is our job and it is our, it is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made incumbent upon us to obey and to help Rasulullah in his work. Allah said, Huwa alladhi arsala rasulahu bil huda wa deeni al-haqqi liyuzhirahu ala deeni kulli wa kafa billahi shahida. He said, he Jalla Jalaluhu, the glorious and the magnificent. He is the one who sent his messenger Muhammad Sallallahu with guidance and the religion of truth, Al-Islam, that he, Jalla Jalaluhu, may make it the most preferred one, the best one, the most superior one over all other ways of being and religions. And all sufficient is Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala as a witness. The Nusrat, the help for Islam, and Rasulullah consists of practicing Islam and living by the laws of Islam as well as supporting all efforts to establish and propagate Islam in the world. This must begin at home and extend outwards. Islam spread by the winning of hearts, not by the sword, not by the gun. It's very difficult to, to convert dead bodies, right? So what sense does it make? People say spread by the sword. What do you do? Chop somebody's head and then try to convert him? Islam spread by the winning of hearts. People came to Islam because they loved Muhammad Because they loved the followers of Muhammad Because they saw the benefit of their deen in the what the people did. There's a famous story from the market of Banu Nadir, which was the market of the Jewish people in, uh, in Medina. And the story is that there was 
they were the they were the Jews owned the market, but they were also Muslims in that market. They had shops and they all uh, traded in the same market. The story is that a man came to the shop of a Muslim and he asked him for something, and he asked for the price of it, and they agreed upon it. And then this Muslim says to him, he says, "Do me a favor, please." He says, "What?" He says, "Go to that shop," and he shows him a shop right at the end of the market. He says, go to that shop and buy this from that man. He says, that man has the same thing for the same price. Get it from there. Right? Go from there. So this customer is very puzzled. He says, why are you saying that? I am here, you have the thing, I will pay for it and buy it. Now why are you sending me to somewhere else? He said, because that man, I have been seeing, watching him all day. Now it's almost time for the market to shut. He hasn't had any business today. So he will go home hungry. So you go buy the thing from him. What do you care? I mean, it's the same thing for the same price. So go buy from him. This guy goes. He goes there and he talks to the man. He discovers that that man is also a Jew from Banu Nadir. This customer was a Jewish man. He was a Jew from Banu Nadir. He goes there. He discovers that shopkeeper is a, is a Jew from Banu Nadir. So he buys the thing from him and he comes back to this Muslim shop. Now when he comes back to the Muslim shop, he finds there's, this guy's got some more customers. He's talking to them. So he waits. Now this shopkeeper, he, he sees him and he's wondering, why did this man come back? What happened to him? He didn't get, he didn't get what he wanted or what's the story? When his customers finished, he asked him, he said, what happened? You didn't get the thing? He said, yeah, I got it. So then why did you come back? He said, because I want something from you. He said, me? What? He said, give me that which sent, which made you send me to that man. Huh? He said, I got the material I wanted, but I need something from you. He said, what do you, what, what do you want from me? He said, give me that thing in your heart, which made you send me to that man. He said, I'm not even from your religion. I'm a Jewish guy. You sent me to another Jewish guy? When you had the thing, I would have bought from you and gone. Huh? The man says, nothing, it's nothing to do with Jewish or Muslim or whoever. It's, we are, we have been sent to help people. So we help people. We don't care. Let them do what they want. We help people. He said, yeah, that's what. So tell me, what is this thing? Ashadu la ilaha illallah. Wa ashadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. We were sent to win the hearts of people, to help them, to stand up for them, to care for the weak, for the poor, for the sick. Do this and you will become the most beloved in the world. In one word, you will become valuable. Net worth is not cash balance in the account. Net worth is the value in the hearts of people. Now what about those who did this? What about those who helped Rasulullah Wasallam? One thing we need to remember is the unique contribution of the Sahaba, their differentiator. And the reason they are remembered and honored is not because of their piety, is not because of how many rakat of Nafil Salah, they prayed in the night. 
It's not because of their religious knowledge. It's not because they won debates. It's not even because of their charity and what they spent. It is because they are honored above everything and above all else for one thing and that is how they helped the mission of Rasulullah Let me tell you just two stories. There are, there are millions of stories. I'll tell you just two. First one is from our, the story of our, our mother, Ummuna Khadijatul Kubra, radiallahu anhu, Khadija bin Khuwailid, radiallahu anha, the wife of Rasulullah for 25 years until she passed away. She was the wealthiest woman in Makkah, a businesswoman, and Rasulullah was her manager. He was 15 years or junior, but she proposed to him and she married him. And then she spent her entire fortune in helping his mission. Especially when the Banu Hashim and Banu Abdul Muttalib, Muslim and non-Muslim, were boycotted and forced into the valley of Abu Talib, Shaib Abu Talib, in a very painful boycott for three years. This resulted in huge hardship and starvation and Khadija Radhalana used up all her fortune to buy food at extortionate prices to feed the people who were confined in this valley. Now one day Rasulullah was in his home in Makkah. And Jibreel came to him and he said, Ya Rasulullah, your wife Khadija is about to come here with some food for you. When she comes, please give her my salam. And then he said, and then tell her, that her Rabb Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent me with his salam for your wife Khadija. When Khadija al-Kubra radiallahu came, Rasulullah said, Jibreel is here, he's sending salam to you. And he says, Allah sent him with his salam jalla jalalu for you. The wages of helping the work of Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rasulullah second story was raising Funds for Tabuk. People were bringing donations. Amar bin al-Khattab came and said, Ya Rasulullah, half my wealth, 50% of everything I own, I give to this project. Nabi Sallallahu accepted. Osman bin Affan came and said, Ya Rasulullah, I will equip 1,000 soldiers. Complete equipment. Material, armor, weapons, uh, you know. Conveyance, everything. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said more. He said one more thousand. He said more. He said one more thousand. He said more. He left. He went back. He came back with two big bags of bags and gave it to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He opened them and poured them in his lap and there were gold coins, dinars. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam put his fingers through them and he ran through his fingers through them like this and he said nothing after this will harm Usman. He said after this nothing will harm Usman. And then a man came. And that man came with a little cloth bundle. And he brought this and he put this on the heap of stuff. Rasulullah said, what is this? He said, Ya Rasulullah, this is everything I have. Nabi said, what have you left for yourself and your family? He said, Ya Rasulullah, for me and my family, Allah and his Nabi are enough. I don't need anything. And then Rasulullah noticed that the man was dressed in a sack as a poncho. He made a hole in a sack and put it over his head. 
and it was secured with thorns. He said, what is this dress? The man said, Ya Rasulullah, my clothes are also in this bag, in this, in this uh, bundle. And then Jibreel alayhi salam came. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa he came and said salam and he said, Ya Rasulullah, tell your friend Abu Bakr, radiallahu anhu, that I bring salam for him. And tell him that his Rabb Jalla Jalaluhu, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent salam on him. And ask him this question. His Rabb is asking, is Abu Bakr pleased with me? His Rabb is asking, is Abu Bakr pleased with me? Abu Bakr Siddiqui started weeping. He started crying. He said, Ya Rasulullah, me? This is for me? Then Rasulullah noticed that Jibreel is also dressed in the same poncho. This is Jibreel. I mean, Rasulullah, the most magnificent of the angels, the, the, the head of the angels. His magnificent and glory is such that when Nabi saw him for the first time in from the Ghar Hira, he was terrified of the sight. Jibreel alayhi salam is wearing a poncho of a sack. Nabi sallallahu alayhi salam said, Ya Jibreel, what is this? He said, Ya Rasulullah, your Rabb likes the dress, the clothing of your friend so much that he has ordered not only me, but all the malaika in the seven heavens to dress like this. He says, today everybody is dressed like this. All the angels are dressed like your friend Abu Bakr. And that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said about this generation of the Sahaba, Ridwanullahi alayhi majma'in, As-sabiqoon al-awwaloon min al-muhajirin wal-ansari wal-ladheena attaba'uhum bi-ihsan, radiyallahu anhum wa radu'an, wa'addalahum jannatin tajiri tahtaha al-anhar, khalidina fiha abada, thalika al-fawzu al-azim. Allah said, which means, and the first to embrace Islam, among the Muhajirun, the migrants, and the Ansar, the helpers, and those who followed them exactly in faith. Allah is well pleased with them and they are well pleased with Him, Jalla Jalalhu. He has prepared for them gardens under which rivers flow to dwell therein forever. That is supreme success and we ask Allah Jalla Jalalhu for this. I remind myself and you, my brothers and sisters, in conclusion, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in His infinite mercy left the door open for any Muslim until the last day who wants to follow in the footsteps of the best generation, the Sahaba of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam by helping his mission. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called them those he is pleased with, radiallahu anhum. The choice is ours. Do we, do we want to be with the Sahaba of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam or not? We will be with those we love. We will be with those we follow. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enable us to follow those who followed Rasulullah sallallahu and who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was pleased with. Rabbana faqfir lana dhunubana wa kafir anna sayyatina wa tawaffana ma'al abrar. Rabbana zalamna anfusana wa illam taqfir lana wa tarhamna lanakunanna minal khasirin. Ya hayu ya qayyum bi rahmatika nastaghith. أسله لنا شأننا كله لا إله إلا أنت يا عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان 
ولكم